Hello, and welcome to the Foxbox, Foxbox Brothers podcast. Um, I'm your host today, Ben Perez, and I'm joined here today with my brother, Nicholas. What up, guys? How's it going? So we're starting this podcast because he is a McLaren, a Mercedes fan, and I'm a Red Bull fan. And we both got into the series, like into watching F1 through Drive to Survive. And so we're just going to give our takes on all the races, give some race reviews, what we think of everything that happened in the race. Yeah, that sounds about right. I don't really have anything to add other than um, we're just kind of doing this for fun. And hopefully you also enjoy this. Um, So to get started with today, let's uh, we are going to be reviewing the Monaco Grand Prix. So what were your initial thoughts on the Monaco Grand Prix today? Rain delay. That's all I gotta say. I mean, I was waiting for a long time for that race to start. And the FIA red flagged it. And I was excited for some just wet weather racing. Like, I feel like you, ever, you almost never get to see wet weather around Monaco. But today we got to see it. Yeah, I was watching, um, well, you were actually up earlier than me because the race was supposed to start 8 a.m. our local time. And I walked into the game room and was like, oh, what uh, lap are they on expecting them to be on like lap 25 or uh, 30? And Nick just looks at me and is like, oh, they haven't even started yet. (laughs) Yeah, um, it was very, it reminded me a lot of Spa from last year, uh, a whole lot of waiting around. Um, Here in the US, the broadcast actually cut out last year, so I was very scared of that happening again, especially coming down to the final through like few laps. Uh, That was the first time I've ever seen the timer go on, like not completing the full race distance, but it was still very interesting. Yeah, I didn't even know that that was a thing. I I didn't either. Yeah, but there was a three limit three hour time limit to get the race in and then there's a two hour time limit for actually racing the race i didn't know that so that was very interesting to i don't know i guess experience do you have two words that you could encapsulate the rain i mean the whole race the race today um i think uh dramatic is one word although we didn't get a lot of overtakes which monaco is notorious for not having overtakes we got a ton of overtakes by who pierre making his way up through the field all right that was that was uh one of the few overtakes (laughs) that had happened but at the uh front it was mostly a race of pit strategy more so than driving overtakes on the on the course which mm-hmm. is very typical for monaco um so dramatic for alonzo just keeping up the pack as well uh just staying in front of hamilton even though hamilton had the faster car just by how small the races in or the race circuit is in monaco it's really just difficult to overtake um and get past the driver in front of you. Um, And then with all of the rain delays, all of the uh, red flags, we had one major crash with Mick Schumacher. Um, That gearbox just completely fell off like it did in Jetta. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that he's okay. Um, The first thing that I thought of when 
uh, he crashed uh, was Haas going, Mick, Mick is the car okay? Is the car okay? And then him just responding, yes, I'm okay, Gunta. Yeah, Haas is going to be running out of their budget pretty soon. (laughs) Yeah, they got rid of half of their their problem with uh, Mazepin. (laughs) Yeah, now they got to get out Mick. So we'll see who is their driver. So Dramatic is the first one. And then um, I think Strategy is the second. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that's just because that was the biggest part of the race today was what tire strategy were the teams going to use? Were they going to pit early and go to the enters like Pierre Gasly did? Or are they going to wait out and just go from the wets straight to the slicks like Carlos signs? And that was the biggest point of suspense and intrigue for me was what were the different race strategies going to be? And Red Bull ended up coming out on top with that one, uh, doing the overtake as um, Ferrari had a little snafu with the uh, double stack pit stop. Yeah, I mean, who was, it gave me flashbacks to Bahrain 2020 with George Russell and Valtteri Bottas with getting the tires mixed up. It gave me, it made me scared for that. Because I, I am a Red Bull fan, but every time I see a double stack happen... This What's what? the George Russell and Bottas double stack? So, in Bahrain, Sergio's Sergio's first win, actually. So, it was in Bahrain. This is when he was with Racing Point? Yeah, this is when he was with Racing okay. Point. So, uh, both the Mercedes came in, and they put Bottas's like, left rear onto George's car and put George's left rear onto Botas's car. So they had a mixed tire set. So then they all had to repit again. And that's a big reason why Sergio won the Grand Prix. Wait, so I'm confused. So when Russell was with... Okay, so... Oh, this, Hamil- was, when, this was when Hamilton had his COVID. COVID. Yeah. Okay, okay. now COVID. I understand. Yeah, this was COVID I 2020. I didn't either. It was just a drive that stuff that I really enjoyed. Okay, so they double stacked... So I have this clear. They double stacked Put the Bottas and Russell when Russell was racing for a sick sick Lewis Hamilton. Okay. Yeah. And then yeah. Uh for my two words, I just have a statement. Um strategy is king. Um throughout the entire race, like I feel like Red Bull was like one step ahead of the Ferraris. Like they had ran through this thing like a hundred million times and i think the strategy really played into their hands today because um they they didn't have the pace on track especially with sergio crashing in that late run and max did not look to have pace like the pace to compete for a win all weekend like just something so off about max's pace but sergio was all fired up after spain and getting team ordered so the strategies that both the Red Bulls were on just felt like it overplayed the racecraft. Red Bull strategy overplayed the racecraft. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Perez is my driver of the day today. Um, I don't know if you have that later on in the run sheet, but uh, no, we can do it now. The I don't, I don't even have that. Well, um, yeah. So for your strategy is king. Um they came out, they um, played their overcuts to perfection and were able to 
really capitalize on Ferrari's mistake um, in the pit box. And I was rooting for Ferrari today, and that might just be the cowboy fan in me. Um, always, always uh, having this team that has so much promise at the beginning of the season and comes out of the gate strong, and then midway they just start destroying your dreams. So um, it was a little disappointing because Leclerc looked so good for this entire weekend and even at the beginning of the race um being able to handle the the rain and the water and he actually i know it's a little consultation but he actually finished his first that is grand prix in his hometown i mean but he said in a post-race interview he said i'm not i mean i'm used to going home disappointed from monaco so even though it was a fourth place finish, which it was a it was a good drive considering the position Ferrari put him in, he was still far from what he could have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it was good race strategy today on Red Bull. They scored the maximum, or well, not the no. maximum points, but they still had a double podium finish, and which is always great. Yeah, and it was nice to see that Red Bull allowed Perez to race instead of being team ordered i know he had the signs i don't think you could team order him on monaco i feel like monaco is a very hard track to be team ordered on yeah and it's very hard to overtake so once you get the lead and i think that's why leclerc was very upset after getting overtaken by first start on pole win on pole true so our two driver focus this week was daniel ricardo and sergio Perez. The reason why I picked these two, because this is my pick this week, Ben will pick them next week. The reason why I picked these two was Checo. I felt the redemption arc coming. He got told he wasn't good enough in Spain. He was team ordered in Spain. Like He's been so close to it all year, and that just gave him a little kick in the butt. He had his kid. He had to have something good happen after that. So coming into Monaco... Never won it, kind of out of the blue. He just came up and just dominated. They got the strategy right. And then the reason why we're picking Daniel Cardo is because all of the talks about him getting switched midseason, talks about his contract not being good through the 2023 is when he said last year his contract was good too. Mm-hmm. And just kind of inner term- turmoil, Zach Brown. Not really the happiest with Danny Rick. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, uh, let's try dive into um, Perez today. So, um, over the weekend, he's been performing really well on this track. And I think you hit on it a little bit with the redemption arc. I think he came in here focused, especially after being team ordered in the last race. He beat Verstappen in all three practices and in qualifying. Mm-hmm. So he came in here with an agenda to show that he is is capable to competing for this driver's championship because uh, he came in what twenty five points behind Verstappen this week. Or I'm not sure of the exact number, but it was something like that. He, what, what's their points now? Points now. He is currently third in the drivers' championship, um, fifteen behind Max and six behind Charles. Okay, so one one more race and he he'll be cutting into both of theirs like he could overtake 
Leclerc, he could he, he has a shot to win drivers championship. Because where's the where's the next race? They have two. Next race is in uh, Baku. Azerbaijan. Azerbaijan. Yeah, it's in Baku Street Circuit, which Sergio scored his second win and became a young like he. That's where he got his first podium. So Mm -hmm. it is very much his track. Okay, so we'll keep an eye out for um, Baku next week. But he has a. The main point is that he has a. He's very much in this drivers championship. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd have to go back to the Hamilton and Nico Rosberg championship to see what point of the season they started to let Nico be the number one driver for that 2016 campaign. Yeah. I'm not too familiar with that. I mean, I've watched some stuff on it, but I feel like Sergio, like them team ordering him in Spain, lit a little fire underneath him mm-hmm. that he wasn't going to be taken as a second best driver because I don't feel like in his heart, like last year, I'm pretty sure he was okay with that defending Lewis Hamilton because he was new into a team. He mm-hmm. didn't have the flow of things, but now that he's really coming to his own at this team, I really, I'm intrigued to see what happens with the rest of the season. Yeah. And I know we were talking earlier today at breakfast, but just the fact that he is, um, what was it? Jetta that he set pole. Yeah, so getting that second, um, I guess, win over his teammate Verstappen at Monaco really solidifies that he is capable of winning poles and winning Grand Prix and isn't wanting to be demoted just to a number two driver. Yeah, I mean, if you look at him all throughout Racing Point and his time at Force India and those days, he was always... If you gave him a good car that year, he was always trending up towards the front, especially in 2020 mm-hmm. with the pink Mercedes. He trended up near the front. He was fighting for P3s for podiums on a consistent basis. And I think last year, the reason why we didn't see as much of this is because he was getting used to that, to being in a championship winning team, having the car to go out and get pull, go win a race on mm-hmm. giving Sunday. Yeah. And it really makes you rethink what um, the type of drivers that Gasly and Alex Albon were because they were they weren't able to extract what Checo has been able to extract out of that car as well. Mm-hmm. So Checo is a high caliber driver. And now that he's in a car that can compete He's showing how good he actually is. Yep. All right. So uh, the next driver that we were going to talk about was Danny Rick because of the flurry of speculations and rumors that have been linked to him and McLaren and his seat availability until 2023. So um, a little background is that Daniel Ricardo has his contract until 2023. Um, but like a lot of F1 contracts, they're not always the most ironclad. So teams are able to get drivers out or keep drivers if they want to for mm-hmm. longer. Yes. And over the course of the weekend and just recently in the media, there's been a lot of speculation with what is going to happen with Daniel Ricardo and Zach Brown. Um, 
because you were even mentioning this earlier in the podcast about the they've said that they've they're committed to Daniel Ricardo, but they're also they've also mentioned that he hasn't been reaching expectations within the club. Mm-hmm. And that was a lot of things that Zach Brown said with an interview with either F1 ESPN or The Race. I can't remember which one. But they were talking to him about Daniel Ricciardo, and especially after his early exit in Monaco qualifying, it was just kind of, it was a, I don't know, interesting and sad weekend because Norris obviously qualified fifth, and he was about a second ahead of Ricciardo in time um throughout practices norris just destroyed him and coming into this team after 20 after the reno seasons everyone was expecting ricardo to i don't know kill a little rookie or young lando norris but Mm -hmm. the story's been quite the opposite yeah, I bet you he wishes that he was back in the Alpine car with how they've been performing. They've been doing the they've been doing really good, except for Ocon getting a five second time penalty. Yeah, that knocked him what down to eleven today. Twelve. Twelve. Okay. He finished ahead of Daniel Ricardo. So Ricardo ended up coming fifth thirteenth, um, fifty seven seconds behind Perez. Okay, so fifty seven seconds behind the leader. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, because he's been one of my favorite drivers and maybe that's just because of his personality and he is very outgoing he is very extroverted and his grin lights up the entire world have you seen his video with him and Renault and him like Q&Aing kids uh with the uh yes the little like elementary kids yeah that i love that video the video is very funny to me Mm -hmm. yes i have seen that it's a good watch on youtube uh if you haven't seen that yet definitely go check that out um but yeah he's he's just been struggling and i i'm a little disappointed because i thought he was going to come in and at least be competitive with lando but that mclaren car just is very tricky to drive um lando's only been in that team right he hasn't moved no he's only been there but i mean you see carlos signs and he was able to get on top of the mclaren in his two years that he was there well because he went he went toroso to yeah he was in toroso right daniel or carlos carlos i'd have to check i feel like carlos went toroso to McLaren to Ferrari. So an interesting driver for for a junior. Mm-hmm. F1 junior. Red Bull Junior, I meant to say. Also, I'd like to throw one more in there. Or not necessarily a person, but a team. Alpha Romeo. Haas today? No, I want to say Alpha Romeo. Oh, Alpha. Okay. Because Botox, I was looking at this earlier. Botox supplied 41 of their 41 constructors points. Guanyin Zhou had an awful time trending towards the back. He was he finished 16th behind Yuki Sonoda or in front of Yuki Sonoda. But it was just it's been very interesting to watch Valtteri be better like especially towards the start of the season but be better than the Mercs. Like out qualifying them and 
multiple Q3 appearances. This was his second time not to qualify in Q3. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. They're sat in fifth right now by Valtteri's just pure will. Yeah, it's... The Alpha's... Alpha Romeo came in with a car that was much better than the Merc at the beginning. And you see what a quality driver Valtteri Bottas is. So there, there's a reason that he was at McLaren, not McLaren, Mercedes for past five years being a driver alongside Hamilton is because he can drive. He was just not as, he was more steady, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like he's a, a, a minus driver. So he can compete for wins on that on any given Sunday, but he just struggles to produce that enough. And you see with even Russell, when he's been racing for uh, Mercedes now, him able to extract the best out of that car. And he's driving it on the, the edge. And what is that? His He stays in his top five. Yeah. He, he plays fifth today. Keeps yeah, so his streak alive. This is the sixth race of the season, right? It's in a row. Yeah, so six, he's come top five every Grand Prix this season, which is just very impressive in general. Mm -hmm. um, are we ready to move on to our next segment? Sure. What's our next segment? How This was just something I threw in there, but how do you feel like the FIA handled today's racing and the, the delayed start? through the red flag after the long expended safety period car um, all of those things the I mean time penalties with Ocon yeah um, so I don't I I really don't have that much problem with what the FIA has done today um, yeah it was a little bit of a rain delay but I mean hell after spa last year and they Michael Massey didn't flag it down. Um, and then you had that huge crash by Lando Lando, and that was qualifying or yeah, that was qualifying Q3 Q3. And then who crashed in the main race or was it that just too much rainfall? No, they only did laps behind a safety car. Okay. There's and no that's when George race. took his first podium in F1. Yeah. Um, so there's that it looked slippery and I mean, you mix was in a rain rain thing but after the large storm cell had passed i i felt yes there was a little bit of a delay and the the start of it um they could have probably gotten out 15 minutes earlier than they did and then we would have had a race to the finish and then imagine that ending if you have both ferraris on hard tires and then Checo and Verstappen on the mediums that they came out with at the end of the race. That would have made it even more dramatic to see um, maybe Sainz gets on the podium and then uh, it's a the tire whisperer, the Mexican Minister of Defense. Yes. So um, I don't really have a problem with the rain delays. Um, I thought they were going to red flag the session a little bit sooner after Mick crashed. Mm -hmm. um, but the barrier was destroyed and if anyone else goes into that barrier in the a similar way then it just put, causes more potential for injury for that next time in the harbor so i didn't really have a problem with the um 
delays it kind of was weird to see that it would end in two hours so they didn't get the full race and maybe that's just being american and knowing that whatever rain delays that we've had in our sports systems be that football or baseball um, anything outdoors they're going to finish the competition regardless of when there's no like set time limit so um it was just something different that I learned today. Um, and then you mentioned the Esteban Ocon five-second penalty. Um, I have no problem with it. Uh, he, all, all the drivers think that it's the other person's fault when they get into a crash. So, Also, Hamilton's still whining about dangerous driving every single time someone challenges him. Yeah, but that, like, everyone all the drivers talk about dangerous driving because it's all a political game trying to get the stewards and the FIA to award the other person a penalty. It's it's very similar to a soccer player or a basketball player going through the lane and then complaining about not getting a call. Well, I mean, I'm just thinking this year, I like the FIA a lot better because it's like an omnipotent head. Like you don't, like with last year when they had the pit communications with Michael mm-hmm. Massey, it was very Michael Massey's decision and how he felt on everything. I felt like this year it was a lot more, or this year it has been a lot more like just a like a figurehead. Like there was no, there's no like one person doing it, and I think that's another good reason, mm-hmm. another good change with it. Yeah, for sure. Having that, having the drivers not um, being able to talk directly to the F1 FIA director has been very nice. So we don't see uh, Horner. No, Michael, no, it is so not fair. You cannot do this. Michael, that is uh, completely, that is hurting Max's chances at driving. You can't do that. Install, only allow the cars that are in between max and hamilton to pass and don't abide by the rules because that any does not mean all and i am an english scholar so dating this will not spice. hold up in law dating ginger spice yeah um and now next one so now we're going to go through all the drivers and give them a one through five star rating so right. first Can you give the, a list i will give a list are okay. we just going to go down the we're going to go back to front from uh, qualifying. So mm-hmm. first up is Guan Yu Zhou. Are we, are we eliminating the did not finish? No. Okay, so they all get zero stars. Well, cool. Because I have no idea what happened to Kevin Magnuson. Because when mechanical, Mitch, mechanical Mitch, issue. Okay. Because when Mick crashed, they didn't cover. I didn't see any. Coverage. No, they, they didn't. And uh, Crafty said something about it. He was like. Oh my, with all this action, we didn't get um, coverage of... I didn't even know Kevin Magnuson yeah, did not. Because I we saw the Mick crash, and then it's just uh, Magnuson outside of his... Just race, shaking his head. Hands like, up. Oh, wait, what? Like, what the hell, Mick? What are you doing? Um, Joe came in 16th in the race. Wait, can we just uh, all the do not finish, did not finish, oh, okay. and we, these are all zero stars. Uh, you got Magnuson, uh, Mick Schumacher, and Albon. You giving those all zero stars? Yeah, they didn't finish. 
Well, they still. I'm giving Mick one star. Giving Magnuson he, for a good crash. No, he'd had a good start, and it came. It, it was like a little bit until he crashed. Okay. Uh, Magnuson, he gets a one star because he had a good start, held his office position, put his hoss in thirteenth qualifying okay. around Monaco. Um, Albon was the last one, and he gets. Is zero stars for me. Zero stars. Okay. Next up, we have Yuki Sonoda finishing seventeenth in the race. Wait, did we not talk about Guanyuzhou? Oh well, are we gonna do race order or? Yeah, race order. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay. So in seventeenth place, it's Yuki Sonoda. Okay. And he qualified. He qualified Mm eleventh. So. So going from eleventh to seventeenth. Um. I can't give him. You can't go zero because you already gave all the DNF people zero. Well, I can give Yuki. Well, that's like a one star. Like I'm giving him a a grade of a F mm-hmm. for. So is that a one star equivalent? I guess I don't know. Like I a guess. half a star. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm giving Yuki a half a star because um, his qualifying was good until he crashed out of crashed out of uh q2 mm-hmm. and wasn't able to um i guess recover after his hubcap fell off i mean i'm gonna give him one and a half because during the race it was um dumb mistakes that led him into that um position of dropping so far down the order like he ran off at turn one if i'm not mistaken and he had a bunch of just Little errors that shouldn't happen. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the story with uh, Yuki Sonoda is just he has the speed and he's just pushing way too hard and mm-hmm. isn't able to control his his thing. So you gave him one star, you said? One and a half. One and a half, okay. Um, next up, we got Joe finished a qualified, a qualified 20th, made it up to P16. Okay, so for I'll give him uh, one and a half stars. Mm-hmm. He gets a two star from me. Actually, no, he gets a one. One. He gets a one star from me. Okay. Even though, because just throughout the race, he looked very. Actually, no, because there's there's one reason why he's gonna get a two star, and it's because of the amount of his saves. If whenever we were watching the race, it would just switch over to Yuki Sonoda on a replay, and just be him swerving around, just saving a car from. Uh, just falling off the track it was it was very impressive for me to watch yes he he was very impressive in the save so i i'll give him a 1.75 i think he can be good yeah i mean he showed he came in what third in the f2 last year yeah he came in third i mean i think with alpha and having batas as a mentor and just bringing in that uh chinese Chinese money to Alpha, they'll they'll be able to build a car around him, and the more comfortable that he gets, um, he just needs to get some points to add to Valtteri's forty-one that he already has for them. Next up is Nicholas Latifi. Oh, uh, I give him a one because he he crashed again today. Um, and he like he outperformed Albon today, but. 
Um, and he probably would have finished in front of Albon for the first time. Uh, I don't know if it's the first time all season, but the first time that I've noticed all, all season. Yeah. Um, but he's still not in the points and he doesn't like he, he's you've not seen Albon be able to drive the Williams just much better. Yeah. That's also that Red Bull blood coursing through him. Yeah. So what do you give Latifi? One star. Okay. Latifi will get, continue to get one star until he makes it into the points. Next up, Ooh, they actually came together quite a lot today. Lance Stroll and Nicholas Latifi. So Lance finished ahead of Latifi, but they did end up coming together quite a lot. Uh, okay. Well, um, until Stroll makes it out of uh, Q2 and into Q3, um, I didn't really watch most of his race today. So I'll give him a... A one star as well. He also gets a one star from me just because he touched and like came into Latifi almost so many times. Like just very sloppy. Mm -hmm. like to say. Next up, Daniel Rick the Honey Badger. Uh, Where did he start today? He ended up starting in 14th and finishing 13th. Um, I mean, he moved up one spot. It wasn't a great race from him, so I'll give him a like. I can't give him a a C, like a D. So, do you want to do letters instead? Yeah, we can do letters. That might be easier. Okay. Um, a D for Danny Rick. He just needs to be better in the car, and I want him to be good. Um, I just I. I'm going to give him a D minus because just he's almost just like holding like he doesn't seem comfortable in the car and he doesn't seem like he's able to push the car. Mm -hmm. He just seems kind of stuck in a little limbo area. Yeah, he's definitely tentative. So I, I want Daniel, Danny Rick to win. Um, I just. But also I, when you have so much F2 talent, like Nick DeBreeze, um, more f2 champions just sitting waiting for their seat yes f1 is a very cutthroat sport yes all right so d and d minus next up esteban okan with the five second time penalty finishing 12th and he qualified 10th yeah um i'll give him a c c minus um i thought he raced a I thought, I'll give him a C. I thought he raced a decent race. Um, he probably could have gotten out of that five-second penalty, um, but Alonzo was just slowing down and keeping Hamilton and thus Akon behind him. So Alonzo was not the team player like he was in Hungary. No, he was not. So um, I think he could have out, uh, gotten out of there. I think he raced well. He didn't run into anything. And then his battles with... Um, Hamilton at the very beginning when Hamilton Hamilton did make a pass. Um, so I'll give him a C because it was a decent race and he probably would have been in the points. I'll give him a C also. I just, I don't know. Esteban, I don't know how I really feel about him because last year I feel like he kind of was gifted his race and hungry and he would not have won that without the experienced lion Fernando Alonso. Mm -hmm. I just don't feel like that would have been the same. So, he's a C minus. Mm -hmm. 
Next up, Pierre Gasly, finishing 11th after qualifying, like 19th? No, qualified 17th, and he finished 11th. Yeah, um, I'm going to give Gasly a a solid B. Like, that was an impressive drive, especially going to the enters very early on in the um, race. And they, were, they weren't giving them as much... Um, pace at the very beginning when they were running mm-hmm. running there but as the course started to dry dry out he was able to find that pace in the car with the enters and make it work so he was sliding around and up there running the same speed as the the wets at the very beginning mm-hmm. um and afterwards or once the track started to dry up those enters his call to go to the enters was really nice and you saw him starting to push and do fastest laps he was also the first on to softs. Mm-hmm. I gave him a A minus just for that early early race drive. Just he found pace in that Alfatari that he seemed to not have all weekend, and as soon as it rained, he just unlocked a new gear. Mm-hmm. But I feel like oh, speaking of gears, did you know that on Monaco did they they do not go to an eighth gear? I think I heard that before the race because it's. Um, so tight. Yeah, they don't have time and enough of the straight line to go to eighth gear. Next up is number ten in the green, Red Bull, Sebastian Vittel. Uh, Red Bull. Um, I don't really see much of his race, so I'm just going to give him a C. I didn't see him really overtake, and maybe that's just because we were watching the ESPN view versus the um, F1 TV. So. I did not see much of the race of his race either, but I feel like it went. It was it was an okay race. Did he get into the points? He was finished tenth. All right, one point for. I will give him. I'll give him a B. I didn't see him that much. Okay. Next up, Valtteri Bottas. Bottas came in ninth. Um, qualified um twelfth. Qualified twelfth. Mm-hmm. I'll give him a a B plus for today's race um solid got up into the points after starting out of the points and was able to bring two points home for alpha romeo mm-hmm. um botas he's been a good driver he's extracting a lot out of that car more than you would expect i will give him i'll give him b plus b plus okay. Next driver is Lewis Hamilton with a rad helmet this week. Ended up going PA after qualifying PA. Yeah, he didn't move up. Um, I felt on a different track, he might have been able to overtake Esteban Alcon and Fernando Alonso a little bit easier, but just because they were on the streets, he they were able to um, really box him in mm-hmm. and park their car in the middle of the road where they didn't give him any space. But he was, he had pace today. So once he figures out qualifying, I'll give him a, it was a a B. It wasn't great. It wasn't terrible, but he had pace in the car and um, they're getting closer to competing, but they're still like a second off of the front runners. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give him a B. um... You know what? I'm gonna give him a B minus because I just expect more from the alleged, alleged eight-time world champion. No, he's actually seven-time, but 
I I just don't feel like he's underperforming because I feel like if you were to give Michael Schumacher or like Alan Prost or Aaron Senna a kind of bad car, they'll drive that thing well up into podium places. Yeah, I think there's... Especially with his teammate performing. Mm. He's beaten him every race, right? No, he Hamilton beat him the first one. Or he took... Um... Second. Yeah, and... The first race. Yeah. I forget where that was. Bahrain. Okay. Wait. Yeah. No, Saudi. No. That's Jeddah. No, it's Bahrain. Yeah. It was Bahrain. Alright, we'll fact check it. Um. Yeah. Next, number seven. Fernando Alonso. He qualified seventh, too. So both of them making no points places. Yeah, um, for Fernando, just because he was able to keep Hamilton behind the, him the entire race, um, I'm going to give him a, we'll say an A-. minus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I give him an A- minus also, just for backing up the pack. Really feeling like, I don't know, he could have pushed earlier and kept his race alive more, but... In the end, he didn't really master it. Next up, finishing. You were, you were also right on Bahrain. Finishing P6, Lando Norris. Lando um, qualified P5. Yeah, um, solid drive today. There wasn't anything um, spectacular about his drive he was just solid throughout the entire day um consistent very consistent so i'll give him a like he got overtaken by russell identity yes but i can't remember if it was in the pits or a good move okay well I'll give him, like, he's been performing solid. I mean, he finished either fifth or sixth all weekend and throughout all the practices and in qualifying. Yeah, so we'll give him a, a B plus. I give him an A. Okay. Like, just an A. No A+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, George Russell. Yeah, I'll give him an A for coming from sixth to fifth, but he was also just really good today. Um was able to make the cars and uh, keep up with them for at least the first part of the the day. Yeah, um, he gets a, what's it called? He gets an A from me, but an A minus from me because in the end he could not keep up with, because he finished 10 seconds off the pace after a red flag, after standing, or after a rolling restart. Like he had everything in his power to be up there right with the winners and capitalize on the mistake and he was not up in those places today yeah the mercedes though doesn't have the pace to keep up with red bull or ferrari they're getting there but i was able to keep them behind them last week i know monaco is a different circuit it's very setup dependent but still all right so Um, a from a minus from you a from you the monaco cursed charles leclerc no, there's no such thing as a curse because it's, you I no, believe no, he, hear me out because a curse is based on whether you feel like a victim or not. So I was watching the Greg Norman 
uh, 30 for 30 documentary the other day. What's that? Uh, Greg Norman's a golfer um, came along with like Nick Faldo. He's from, he's the great white shark from down under. Mm-hmm. So he's from Australia, really good golfer, but he had a, um, he had like two or three second place finishes in the masters to win the green jacket. Um, and each time he lost on either like a playoff hole or on 18 or just like self imploded. Um, and for the longest time he was like, Oh, this is, I'm cursed. Like I, these, this is like, I'm not going to win because like the outside world, the outside forces don't want me to win Uh versus what can I do to improve and not let the pack because each time in those major championships, he was a few strokes ahead. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the worst was um, when he was playing McFaldo in the 86 masters and he was seven strokes ahead and by hole 14 or 15 they were dead even Mm -hmm. so it wasn't that um, nick faldo played really well that day but he also uh greg norman also made a lot of bogeys so after that he struggled with feeling like he was cursed so if you feel like you're the victim and it's the universe that doesn't want you to win that's very different than having uh saying hey what can i improve to to win because i don't think that leclerc's problem today was his driving by any means it was more strategy yeah i feel like their debriefing is going to be long tonight but i also feel like it's just every year it happens to him but he finished like i know it's a small consolation but he finished his Monaco Grand Prix. And I was really uh, concerned when you were like, oh, he lost power. And then I finished the the race up in our game room and was like, oh, wait, no, he didn't lose power. He just came in fourth. Yeah. Um, he gets a... Like, I think for the weekend, he's getting an A for me. A minus for me. Just because of the poor strategy. Yeah, I mean, Ferrari in the end, you have to win as a team. Verstappen. Solid A. Like, there's nothing. Like, he didn't have his best stuff this weekend. He wasn't pushing, really, either. I don't feel like... I don't feel like he was doing a desperation drive. He was very calm and relaxed, and someone said it on the commentary that he wasn't really pushing for um, a race win. He was just kind of relaxing and taking his points. Yeah, and that's what I think his maturity from last year to this year he knows that he doesn't have to win every race as long as he comes in front of Ooh. charles um he'll be good and he knows that there's this is six of 22 races mm-hmm. of this season so they're he's going to have more opportunities and he's going to be on the podium uh holding up first place mm-hmm. holding up pole position um, later in the season so an a for me just solid relaxed calm he did what he needed to do he got his points and he's coming out of there without a crash mm-hmm. next up is carlos Sainz. i'll give him a a plus this week because i thought his uh call to go from the wets straight to the slicks was one of the best decisions of the day mm-hmm. he was able to hop up from he was what third yes third to second and no, he was second to first. No, no. He went from second to first and then went from first to second. 
Oh, okay. Because it was the front row lockout. Oh, okay. So anyway, he had a great call from just strategy on the on the track today, um, and was able to come out in P two. So mm-hmm. solid solid drive. Um, got some points, and it's nice to see that he's he didn't crash like the previous two weeks. <laughs> he's on the rebound. Um, and last but not least is Sergio Perez. Um, a plus plus because he had a fantastic week. He was able to go from uh, third, third all the way up to first, and he's been having the speed. So if he didn't crash in that final Q three, he had the chance to put on a pole because he did have he, a really good chance. He had he was faster. Ball. He was faster through the first sector. Yeah. So, so he's done really well this weekend and. Um, yeah, I was able to come out with a pole position or P1 and take the race, especially after what happened last week and not being able to fight for the lead. Yeah. So A++ plus plus for me. A++ plus 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 for me. I'm a big Cersei fan. Yeah, it's good so, to have our uh, surname. Last but not least. It's good to have our surname doing well. Last but not least is our closing remarks. More excitement than I thought Monica was going to have. Um, that and is very I think true. The weather, the weather made it much more interesting and much more um, strategic than I thought it was going to be because there wasn't a lot of overpassing. And you saw even with Tsekka's graining at the end, Signs had a really hard time to overtake him. Mm-hmm. Um, and you saw that with Hamilton and Alonso. So it wasn't the most exciting on track, but being able to be excited about oh when are we changing from what's inners from inners to uh slicks and then if more rain would have come going back to inners and slicks and yeah. having that so more entertaining than i thought i'm excited for checko and his uh win today and we'll see how he does in uh competing for the world championships now Mm-hmm. Still gonna same play. thing is it was a very exciting weekend. I never this was the first time I've watched Monaco, so it was very intriguing to watch. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, very, but it was a delightful race, and it's that was one of the most interesting races to watch, like television wise. So I enjoyed the weekend. I am super hyped for a Sergio P one. Yes. Congrats, Checo, for coming P1. Um, and yeah, it was more exciting than we both thought it was going to be. So. And if you've made it all the way to the end, thank you so much. It's our first podcast, first of many, we hope. Thank you for tuning in. Yep. And the next race is in two weeks at Azerbaijan in uh, the Baku Street Circuit. It's where Hamilton had. Just pressed his magic, magic. <laughs> and probably uh, lost a couple points that way. Yeah. But overall, um, exciting, exciting time to go out to Baku, and we'll see what happens there in two weeks. Yep. Well, right. thank you so much. Peace.